Chris Sinzak, and Aaron Camaro. We have been called legendary forefathers of rock podcasting. We are the Decibel Geek Podcast. We love the legends, and we love a challenge. Today, we will have both. I am Aaron Camaro. I've been known to bustle more than a few hedgerows in my day. My co-host is a man who swings the hammer of the gods. Every time he unzips his pants, it's Chris Sinzak. (laughs) How you doing, brother? How do I follow that? (laughs) Oh, man. Yes, here we are. We're back once again bringing you the ultimate in rock podcasting brought to you by pantheon podcast we are decibel geek we're gonna have some fun today you know it struck me that we've never really done a led zeppelin episode isn't that weird it is weird i kind of i expected we had but we really never touched the subject no it's weird you know but we're gonna but we are definitely gonna recommend recommend what reconcile is that the word (laughs) I don't know where you're going. We're definitely going to reconcile that right here today. Oh, rectify. Rectify. That's maybe what it is. <laughs> Leave all this. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's coming from the man who swings the hammer of the gods. Rectify. That seems right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got business to handle before we get to it. You know, Christmas in July is on the line. This is it. This is what it all comes down to. I asked you guys, please give us 20 reviews or recommendations on Apple Podcasts, on Podchaser, or even Facebook recommendations. And, you know, leading up to this, a lot of you really came through for us. But today, as I open up the file and I look inside, all we need is two more. And we get Christmas in July. And I see there's none. Bupkis. Not a single review or recommendation. We got 18, but not 20. And I dug. I was looking through like Spanish podcast hosts, all kinds of shit. <laughs> Nothing. We really wanted to bring you Christmas in July, but, you know, hey, the people have spoken. Yep. No Christmas in July this year. Nope. We're just going to have to do a whole uh, month of Sammy Hagar, I guess. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I know one guy who will love that. Maybe we should. <laughs> All right, fine. Whatever. Whatever. Oh, no Christmas. I had a concept for a conversation we could have had for a Christmas in July episode that I don't think anybody's ever done before. And I know you had the line out to a few different people for interviews. Mm-hmm. One we had confirmed. Yep. Okay, well, whatever. A couple, couple more really big ones, too, that we're, uh, we're close to saying yes. But, uh, you know, another time, maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps another time. No Christmas in July this year. The people have spoken. So let it be written. Let it be done. No reviews, no recommendations. If you want to leave us one, well, you already know how to do it. You've known how to do it all along. We appreciate those of you that have done it. What are you going to do? We got a bunch of cool people that we do love, that we know love us very, very much. Because every time we release an episode, these fine people will find that original tweet. They'll find that original post on Facebook. They'll share it like last week. A lot of people loved it. Fresh blood. It's one of our favorite things we ever do here on Decibel Geek. We're showing the world that... Yeah, we love the legends like Led Zeppelin, like Kiss, like Sabbath, all that great stuff. We love it. But we got to keep rock and roll alive and going into the future. We showcase 10 new bands, fresh blood, hot stuff. You guys loved it. You shared it. You retweeted it. We love you for it. And when you do it, you're an honorary Geek of the Week. Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rock and Ron Runyon, Kristen Schimbeck, Mark Alton Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, Steve Selepsky, Todd Cunningham, Eric Luzier, Roxy Red, In Obscuria Podcast, Andy Rodriguez, Al Horta, Brent Tibbetts, Shay Hargett, David Glenn, Samuel Wetz, Craig Turdich, Aaron Baker, Mike Parnell, Keith Rockford, Warren Edward LaRue Baker, Ray Coon, Pantheon Podcast, Mark Adams, Sit and Spin with Joe, Anthony Roush, Tom Logston, 
Avery Robinson, Scary Canaries, Cesar Atondo, David Cathy, Will Honeycutt, Joseph Capone, Victor Ruiz, Hakon Bergstad, J.J. McElhenney, Vet Halen, Whiting Guitar Works, Jad Leesner, Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast, Je- Jeff Mendenhall, the official Sonny Pooney Burner account, Kevin's on Fire, Nathan North, Ernesto Aguiar, Scott Crouch, and as always, the, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people, the ones that help us spread the word about what we're doing here on Decibel Geek, and that is fighting to keep rock and roll alive. I mean, it's really cool that a lot of people shared that. It's especially cool that some of the bands that we featured even shared it. We got a nice message even from the Scary Canaries. Yeah, they were very happy we played them. That's cool, man. I love it. Everybody working together with the same goal, and that's what we're doing. All right, so there you have it. People still love the fresh blood. I know you love Led Zeppelin, so let's talk about it. I was thinking about Led Zeppelin because I was listening to a little bit of it about a week or so ago, and I thought, you know, when I was a teenager, and I'd say, I love Kiss, it'd be always the older, cooler kids that would be like, Led Zeppelin. And I go, eh, I don't know, I don't know. But being a little bitty kid, my dad had Zeppelin 1, 2, and 3. And they were always in the house, and I was listening to them all the time on the headphones off the record player. And, man, you know, I kind of got away from Led Zeppelin for a little bit. I think a lot of people have. Because Led Zeppelin was a band that every time you talked about the greatest of all time, that was a band that was always in the conversation. And I just, for, I don't know why, they don't seem to come up like that. They're not as revered nowadays as they were when I was coming up. You know what I mean? I totally do. And and honestly, I think they were, it's weird that they're not as revered so much now as because they, maybe they weren't as lovable, but they were kind of the seventies answer to the Beatles. Um, especially going back and listening to these records again. Um, the, and it's like, I try to, I'm, I was thinking the other day, trying to pinpoint when my entry to Led Zeppelin was, but they were just sort of always around. Like even cause my parents listened to a lot of rock and roll when I was growing up. So I remember hearing stairway. I remember hearing black dog, whole lot of love. I, that those songs just kind of permeated the the atmosphere when I was growing up, they were on the radio all the time. And then like, you know, one thing with podcasting and streaming and the fact that you don't have to listen to FM radio all the time anymore, it actually gave me the benefit of really enjoying going back and listening to these songs again, because I haven't actually listened to them in a long time. Um, obviously stairway. I never need to listen to that again. I never need to hear black dog or whole lot of love again. Cause I know, I know it by heart. Um, but you can't really question how great those songs are, but Zeppelin was, I mean, they were amazing and yes, I know. And we'll get into this a little bit. They definitely ripped off a lot of blues artists and other artists to get where they were. So, um, I'm not going to brush that under the rug, but as far as memorable songs and releases and amazing talent on all four positions of the band. Oh yeah. I mean, Uh, They were a fucking incredible group and they honestly should be revered like the Beatles were because they were pretty revolutionary for their time too. Right. And if you're talking about influence, Oh, huge influence on so many different genres of rock, you know, because Zeppelin mixed it up, you know? Yeah. There was the super bluesy stuff, but then there's like super groove rock. And then there's stuff that's very metal about Zeppelin at times and even doing weird country stuff and things, you know, and then the band kind of evolves, you know, there's, I mean, they, they influenced, I'm sure the new wave of British heavy metal. They definitely Mm -hmm. influenced bands like Aerosmith in the seventies, Boston, Kiss, all these bands. Yeah. Without Jimmy Page, no Ace Fraley, I don't think. And Robert Plant was an influence on Paul. For sure. So Led Zeppelin, I mean, and then on down the line, and you look at bands today, even, I mean, shit, no better example than Greta Van Fleet. All these years later, these young guys discovering Zeppelin and going, we want to be like that. So, I mean, it goes on and on. And I'm listening through this stuff, and I'm like, you know, the the first two records come out in 69. So... The Beatles, because I was, it's it's just weird how this works out because 
couple of days ago, I decided to go back and watch the Get Back documentary that Disney Plus put out about the Beatles. Peter Jackson did it. Yeah. And it's it's about the making of, you know, like the 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 final album of the band. And you've got them writing obviously the song Get Back and then there's Two of Us and these simple kind of songs that the Beatles and I'm not taking anything away from the Beatles. But it was like its own little world. And then 69, you've got Zeppelin coming out with the self-titled debut and then Led Zeppelin 2. And it's like they're taking what Harrison and Lennon were doing on guitar and just cranking the fuck out of it. Yeah. And then also implementing blues into it. And like, I know they ripped off blues artists, but honestly, if it wasn't for Zeppelin, I wouldn't have gotten into some of the blues artists that they ripped off. So you could call it an homage, although they ended up having to credit a lot of these people later on because it was one of those, it's easier to ask forgiveness later things. Yeah. But uh, I'm not going to get into their business dealings, but they definitely pulled from the best, but they were also kind of timeless. So you'd have stuff that was bluesy. You'd have stuff, like you said, that was country. They didn't like stick to a particular genre and they sort of kind of created their own thing, which is, I think is what makes them amazing. Right. Like even prog rock, you know, Zeppelin had a huge influence on all that too. You talk about eight to 11 minute long songs and shit. (laughs) That's another thing that's going to come up, come up several times in this is going back and listening to these records. I'm like, God, it's, it's so nice that songs could breathe back in those days. Yeah, There's certain songs on these records where you're like, there's no way that would fly now. And it shows how the attention span has changed in humans. Well, I guess if we're going to start with the best and the worst of Led Zeppelin part one, then we got to start at the very beginning back in 1969 here in the U S it was released on March 31st. Talking about the very first Led Zeppelin album. And man, this thing was huge right out the gates. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, our friend Carmine Apice was with Vanilla Fudge at this time, and they toured together, and Vanilla Fudge kind of got them their uh, foothold into America by booking them on a tour to open for them. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I could only imagine being alive in 1969 and hearing this come out of the speakers because there was nothing that was being played on radio or in rock bands that sounded like this. I mean, th- th- this was like... The equivalent to a few years later when Van Halen came out. I imagine that probably blew people's mind when they came out. Yeah, I can only imagine. And because Jimmy Page already kind of had a name for himself, Led Zeppelin was originally going to be the new Yardbirds. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up taking it in a different direction, giving it its own identity, which was the smartest thing they could have ever did. Because I don't think I don't know if this would have been as huge or definitely as remembered if they would have stuck with the new Yardbirds. No, because it was, you know, piggybacking onto a band he was in before. Right. But I mean, that was also crazy to think that the Yardbirds at one point had Jimmy Page, Jeff Beck, and Eric Clapton. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how fucked up is that? That's crazy. I mean, three of the greatest guitar players of all time, all in yeah. one band. But um. I mean, Zeppelin, and I'm trying to remember, I think, was it Peter Grant that came up with the name Led Zeppelin? I think so. It was something like, this is going to go over like a Led Zeppelin. And they said, hmm. Yeah, that was what they said. But it's like the Hindenburg. Yeah. You know? Um, But, I mean, God, I, I, I just wish I could, I wish I was alive in 69 to have heard this when it came out. Because yeah. this is damn near a perfect record. Like, there's really no bad songs on this album at all. No, when it comes to picking best and worst, it's pretty tough to do it on here on both accounts. I guess if I was going to say the worst, I mean, just by default, you just kind of go with Black Mountainside because it's just a little folk guitar instrumental. gonna not cheat and use that as the easy way out i love that song <laughs> really <laughs> well i'm a guitar player though, yeah so. true true i guess to me, I, I see I, it. no i never skip black mountainside i love that yeah i guess if i was gonna go with something else i'd probably just say you shook me because it's just kind of a generic harmonica overkill blues song but i mean the callback at towards the end between the vocals and the guitar 
where it's going back and like they're dueling yeah. the guitar and Robert Plant's voice is pretty mind blowing. Because like everything else is so good. I mean, your time is gonna come is weird because it's got like that spacey keyboard intro to it. That's what makes it awesome. <laughs> but then it's also like kind of country music in spots. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'll go with Black Mountain Side just because everything else is still good. For the best, I mean, geez, that's pretty tough. Hard to pick a best. Babe, I'm going to leave you is amazing. I mean, that song is intense. I mean, it's a little long, but I mean, there's spots of like just true intensity in that song. How many more times is an epic? The the peaks and the drops in that song where it's like it builds, it builds, it builds, it drops. It builds, it builds, it drops. You know, it's it's insane. Communication Breakdown, one of my all-time favorite songs. I mean... He's talking about like some hard rocking thrash Zeppelin. It's a hard rock song before hard rock. Yeah, I mean, I could hear bands like Slayer and Metallica hearing something like that and going, "Hey, that's something right there." Well, listen to Kisses making love. It's, it's a rip off of Communication Break now. Yeah, I could see that. I definitely could. But for me, the best song on Zeppelin One, I think, has always been one of my all-time favorite Zeppelin songs. It's Dazed and Confused. That song is just so good. It's got such a great groove to it. I don't even know what to say. Everything is great about it. It's like you said, you know, when you got Bonham on drums, you got John Paul Jones on bass, you got Jimmy Page on guitar, and you got Robert Plant singing. This is a machine. Yeah. You know, these guys are just amazing, each in their own right. And then it comes together and it produces songs like that that just that song's always blown my mind. Yeah, this one, uh, this album, it was very hard to decide. Um it was between two songs for worst, which I I love every song on this record. It's hard to really pick a worst, but it was either between You Shook Me and I Can't Quit You Baby because they're both kind of the same song. Um, I went I went with I Can't Quit You Baby, and I'm sorry, Willie Dixon, because I know you wrote it, but uh, You Shook Me is a little bit, with the call and response thing, kind of gave it the nod, but yeah. it's just... A typical slow bluesy song but i never skip it anytime i i've played this album i always listen to it from start to finish um and then best that's the hard part so dazed and confused is incredible because it takes you on a full journey uh your time is going to come although the keyboard part yeah um good times bad times what an amazing kickoff track that that was yeah. the introduction to led zeppelin for everyone yeah but I'm going to go with Babe, I'm going to leave you for a couple of reasons. Hey. 
one, it's the heaviest song I've ever heard made sound heavy on an acoustic guitar. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with the riff at the da 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 that like that's an amazing riff, and they're doing that on an acoustic, and you bang your head to it. Um, but also, it remind one of my favorite Zeppelin covers was uh, Great White on MTV Unplugged covering this song. Yeah, and MTV released it as a, a standalone video because it was so good. And it just helped me appreciate, because obviously, you know, you you and I both were children of that era, of the 80s era. Mm-hmm. But it just, like, it did everything to just provide how amazing Zeppelin was on that record. So I'm going to say, babe, I'm going to leave you as my best. And for worst, I'll say, I can't quit you, baby. Okay. All right. For me on this one, on the iPod, it's eight out of nine. I just, I leave Black Mountain side out. I love Black Mountain Side. It's a great guitar part. Yeah, I don't know. If it fit in with the next song a little better where like it was like one track split in two. Well, but it's really by itself. Then tell me, do you like do you not like the interstitial stuff that Tony Iommi does on the Sabbath albums like Orchid and stuff like that? They kind of fit in with the songs though. Mm. Like I like that stuff. I don't know. This just it's it's too out of left field, I think. It's like you're rocking along, and then there's that. Okay. All right. Well, epic album, either way. So that brings us up to October 22nd of the same year, just a few months later. Crazy. Led Zeppelin two. These guys are knocking them out now. They really agonized over album titles. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. It's creative. What do we call it? It's our second album. It's got a good uh, ring two. to it. Got a good <laughs> ring to it. I like that. It kind of <laughs> tells you kind of tells you what this is. It's the second album by Led Zeppelin. Self-explanatory. All right. Make it easy for the people. This is without a doubt a perfect album. It's their best album. There's not a single thing on here not to like. Nope. It's tough to pick the worst. I mean thank you i guess i don't know no. it, it's it's so sweet it makes my teeth <laughs> hurt but you know still i like it i still like it Maybe the lesser side, I would say, is maybe the Lemon song. I didn't care for as much. But man, that's John Paul Jones' bass show-off song. He's doing some amazing stuff on there. And these, I mean, they're all good, but I mean, bring it on home. The harmonica intro, it's damn near two minutes long. Jeez, but after that, it's killer. Well, once that guitar kicks in. <laughs> yeah, after that, it's amazing. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I guess I go with thank you. It's just so syrupy and sweet and too too love ballady for me. As far as the best goes, I mean, geez. Yeah, what do you pick? Holy shit. I mean, throw a dart at it. <laughs> I mean, Moby Dick, it's banging ass bottom. Everybody gets a chance to show off on this album. This is his shot to do it. <laughs> that riff, man. It, it's like it starts all with this, and it's like, oh, that just jams. And then such a great riff. And then it goes into the drum solo part in the middle, which is killer. And then back into it, man. I love that. What is and what should never be. I mean, that's that's killer too. And you gotta love the Robert Plant rap breakdown. Yep. Towards the end, he's Robert Plant back in 1969. Rapping on an album. I 
Ah, shit. Whole Lot of Love is amazing. That sweeping guitar in the chorus. Wow. I, I never heard nothing like that before, you know, being a little kid sitting there listening to my dad's records. I'm, nothing, you know, that's that's some pretty innovative stuff right there for 69. Ramble On is amazing. It's got the great peaks and the valleys and the, the build in between it all and how it all kind of ties together. It's like build, 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 drop, boom, back up, down again. It's like it takes you on a roller coaster ride. I mean, as far as my favorite song on here, it's, man, it's so tough to pick, but I just, I'm going to go with the classic, Heartbreaker, Living, Loving, Made. It's just the the perfect one-two punch to kick off side two, just hard rocking and jamming and just ripping all the way through it. The guitar is out of this world. The solos on all this stuff, by the way, is just unbelievable. Yeah, I think I'm just going to go with that one. I mean, yeah, I know it's one that gets played and heard all the time, but I think there's a reason for that. So for my worst, it's thank you. For my best, Heartbreaker, Living, Loving, Made. And it, and Heartbreaker, Living, Loving, Made it really is one song. Yeah. You know, it's it's always played together. Yeah. You know, I know it's listed as two, but it's it's the same song. Yeah, no, it's you got to count that as one, and that's it. That's my number one. Um, God, what do I say about this record? Jesus. Uh, it's a perfect, it's their best record, yeah. in my opinion. I don't think that they've ever topped this. And um, God damn, the whole fucking thing is, is a greatest hits collection. It's uh, man, a whole lot of love I never need to hear again, but it's legendary what it is. Yeah. What is and what should never be is a great song to get completely hammered to and just chill out. Yeah. Smoked a lot of joints to that song. <laughs> um, this, this, going back and doing this reminded me of college because I smoked a lot of weed to these songs. Listen to um, a lot of Zeppelin. Yeah, the Zeppelin box set I used to listen to constantly when I got high. Um, the Lemon song is going to be my worst. Not that it's bad. It's just I have to pick one. Yeah. Um, it's a great song. Um, but for me, and then like Ramble On... Pay attention to what John Paul Jones is doing on the bass on that song. Jesus Christ, what a bass line on that song. It's kind, it's, of, the, it, kind of the same thing with the Lemon song, too. It's not the one of the best songs on the album, but as if you're a bass player, mm-hmm. you got to go nuts on some, over something like that. It's one of the greatest bass lines ever written. It's uh, And then, of course, like you said, Moby Dick is like... You know, I could have heard Motorhead doing that song yeah, 10 years later. Yeah. You know, it's it's crazy. Um, but to me, the best song, and Heartbreaker, Living, Love, and Made, great, you know, couple songs put together. Um, I used to play Heartbreaker in a band. Fun song to play. But for me, the best song on here is Bring It On Home. And I know it takes two minutes to get to the <laughs> to the main part of the song, but when that when that guitar kicks in, that's that might be my favorite Jimmy Page riff of all time. Yeah, it's just amazing. And it's so ahead of its time. The riffs and the hooks in this stuff is just unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean, just that—that and like—and that's the last song on the record. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's—they saved that for the end. I'm just saying that harmonica intro I could do without, but it's—it's it's killer after that. Like you say, as soon as that guitar kicks in, it's—I'm all about it. But yeah, yeah, these guys—that's the only bitch I've got so far about Led Zeppelin—is just too much harmonica. 
well they love that old blue stuff i mean that's where all that came from but um but god the first two records it's hard to believe those two records were released in the same year i would say from led zeppelin 2 on the ipod it's nine out of nine yeah no i don't i don't skip any of these so far so good let's keep it rolling you're never gonna believe what the next album's called (laughs) <laughs> they really thought hard about this one. <laughs> <laughs> this album was released on October 5th, 1970. Talking about Led Zeppelin 3. Not only was this Led Zeppelin's third album, it was one of my favorite toys as a child. Toys? Yeah. The album itself, the album cover, had a wheel inside of it that you could turn, and it would change the artwork on the album cover. Have you ever seen it? You know what I'm talking about? I don't have actually don't have a copy of Led Zeppelin 3 as far as vinyl yeah. goes. I've got it on a special release CD that also has that cover. And if the people that are listening to this that are familiar know exactly what I'm talking about, the little CD actually has the wheel in it too. But when I was a little kid, one of my favorite things in the whole world was to sit and listen to Led Zeppelin 3 and turn that wheel and make it make different pictures and looking at the different hidden pictures in there and wondering what the hell it was. Cause I'm like five years old and I have no idea, <laughs> but I used to sit and play with that thing for a long time. So yeah, the album from Led Zeppelin three, one of my favorite toys as a child. <laughs> right on. This album's a little tougher though, because it's definitely not as good as Led Zeppelin two or even Led Zeppelin one, I would say. But there are some songs on here that are really good, but there's also some that are kind of bad for the first time. There is filler on this record. I mean, the worst, I think it's pretty easy. There's a couple of songs I really don't care for on here at all, really, but easily the worst song is Hats Off to Roy Harper. Mm. You don't think so? All right, is it? There's one I like less. All right, well, there's a song on here called Friends that I think is more like a Grateful Dead song than it is a Zeppelin song. well said i've been trying to pin what that song sounds like it does sound like a grateful dead song i don't care for that one but i do like it i'm not a big fan of the song that's the way i really don't care for the song tangerine but i mean it's like a weird ragtime song so i'm gonna go with hats off to roy harper as the worst And for the best, I mean, mm, there's three songs on here that are just unbelievably awesome. So Since I've Been Loving You is bluesy and intense. It's got an amazing groove to it that just blows me away. Celebration Day is kind of a weird song. It's very upbeat. But it's got this awesome little quick guitar solo that really illustrates how, even though this is kind of a different song for Zeppelin, it's a different style, that Jimmy Page can write those guitar solos that fit perfectly to the song, no matter how different the song is. really make these guitar solos fit so perfectly and i think celebration day is an amazing example of that but hey when it comes to the best song in this album i mean it's the immigrant song no doubt about it it's so heavy it's got great imagery i mean hammer of the gods it's oh man this is this is Partly what inspired heavy metal, you know, the the heavier rock of the 80s coming up in the next decade after all this. 
this is the stuff right here that influences all the bands that I end up loving so much. You can't top the immigrant song, even if it is the 100 millionth time you've heard it. <laughs> Can I share a story with you about immigrant song that relates to my life? Yeah, please. So, <laughs> so my best friend in college was a guy named Jeremy, who's my friend in, uh, from Kansas City. And we're going to MTSU here in Tennessee. So Jeremy went to high school with a guy named Deu. Uh-huh. I think you've met Deu. I have met Deu. So Deu is from uh, South Korea. And wasn't was a uh, ex, you know foreign exchange student in high school, and then had to like deal with getting his visa renewed and all this shit to uh, go to college. And I met Deu when he came down here to go to MTSU also because he wanted to be a recording industry major, which MTSU is where you would go for that. Yeah. Which Deu was the only one of our group that actually finished out and got an actual job in the recording <laughs> industry. Um, he's like the responsible one of us. But the funny thing is, is like as I mentioned before on the last album, the Zeppelin box set, me, Jeremy, and like a few of our other friends, we would just sit around, smoke dope, and, and listen to Zeppelin all day. It was Zeppelin and a few other bands, but the Zeppelin box set got tons of tons of play. And Dave was just getting into A, smoking weed, and B, listening to Led Zeppelin at the time that he came to MTSU. Bad influences. Yeah, I know. And... uh we were like, you know, you need a steady because he was listening to like Erasure and all kinds of electronica shit. And we're like, you need to listen to old school classic rock and get into it. So we gave him the Zeppelin box set. We're like, you go back and listen to Zeppelin and 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 tell us what what you love. So one day we're all getting high in my dorm room, and he comes running and he's like, guys, I figured out what my favorite Zeppelin song is. And we're like, oh cool, what is it? He's like, I don't know the name of it, but it goes ah. And of course, we die laughing because it's called Immigrant Song and he's an immigrant. Oh, jeez. <laughs> what the hell? We thought it was the funniest thing ever. You guys were high. <laughs> we thought it was funny as fuck. Um, that's not my favorite from the record, though. So for this one, um, since I've been loving you, great song to get fucked up and listen to. Um, Friends, I don't mind. It does sound like the Grateful Dead, though. I never thought about that. Yeah, I don't, that way. don't really care for that too much. Gallo's Pole, I didn't appreciate until Page and Plant started doing their own thing in the 90s. Yeah. Um, they did did that on the MTV thing, and that was cool. That one's just a little repetitive for me. It is. Uh, Bronyar Stomp is great. Um, it was hard to decide on this one. I don't know. For best, I'm going to go with Since I've Been Loving You, just because it's such a cool chill song yeah baby since I've been loving you worst and you're going to disagree with me on this because I know a lot of metalheads love this song because John Bonham wrote it but I don't I never thought this song did anything for me I'm going to pick out on the tiles Wow I like that song
like that one a lot. Uh, it just does nothing for me. I know, uh, I think in the 90s, Blind Melon did a cover of that. That's really cool. Oh, did they? Yeah, that's what actually made me go back and appreciate the song more was the Blind Melon cover. I was like, man, this is a great Zeppelin song. I haven't, And at the time, I wasn't listening to Zeppelin. It made me go back to it. And then go, you know what? I used to listen to this when I was a little tiny kid. This stuff is amazing. Because hmm. I'd always battle against when I was like adolescent years. Anything that somebody said was better than Kiss, I automatically wanted to hate it. And everybody said Led Zeppelin was better than Kiss. <laughs> yeah, I went through those conversations too. Yeah. Uh, Led Zeppelin 3, I give it a 5 out of 10. Yeah, it's it's kind of a halfway record. I mean, but I mean, how do you top the first two? Yeah, it's kind of pretty tough to do it. But they come back strong with the next one. Yeah, they sure do. Led Zeppelin 4. Probably their most well-known and famous album released on November 8th, 1971. Just packed full of good songs. I like most everything on here. Except for maybe two songs I really don't care for. Tough to pick a worst on here, but I'm going to go with... I don't know. There's something cool about it, but it's still weird and kind of lame. Battle of Evermore. a fan of it it's just too too dungeons and dragons-y for me you know and it, <laughs> too lord and of the lord of the rings too lord of the rings yeah totally but then <laughs> but then you know there's still something kind of cool about that but it's like anything that don't have bottom like that's one thing i don't understand about led zeppelin yeah. like on their albums like they have songs without any drums on them mm-hmm. but you've got john bonham as your drummer why would you not want him playing drums on everything he was at the bar well, that's his fault then. <laughs> the only other thing on here I really don't care for is maybe going to California because again, it's, it's just such a wimpy song. It don't. Oh my god! I'm not a fan of that song either, <laughs> dude. As far as my favorites on here, man, I think about Stairway to Heaven. You know, and I thought, oh yeah, I don't like Stairway to Heaven, but it's only because I've heard it a million times. This song is unbelievable. Like I really sat down with the headphones and the, you know, remastered disc and really kind of really listened to it cuz I wanted to give it its due. It's incredible. It is incredible. Incredible song. I mean, you wonder why it's one of the most downloaded songs of all time or one of the biggest selling albums of all time, one of the biggest singles of all time, and one of the most iconic songs in all of rock history of all time. There's a reason for it. Like When you put this thing in like the audio program, the same thing we used to edit the Decibel Geek podcast, it's like you see what you hear. And it starts yeah. out very tiny. And then it's got like this slow slow gradual build but it's constant the song is constantly building and building and building and building and building and then at the end it's like explosion you know and it's heavy and it's epic and it's so cool and it's it just rocks you and then right at the end of the song is it's reached its very peak because it starts so so tiny and quiet and at the very end of the song it's like massive then she's buying you know and then it does that and it's like wow
what I'm saying is I know you've heard this song a million times, but give that one a listen one time and just really try to put it out of your mind of how many times you've heard it before and really listen to it one time deeply for what it is. And you'll go, yeah, there's a reason why that's one of the top rock songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Kind of goes along with Black Dog too. Turn on any classic rock station, you're going to hear this song within an hour or two. It's going to come up. But it's amazing. It's it's so good. I think my favorite song off Zeppelin 4 is Misty Mountain Hop. That's a great song. It's just so unique and so cool. It's really kind of different than any song they'd done up to this point. Like, nothing's quite like it. And it's different. I think it kind of marks like a changing point a little bit for Zeppelin. Where this song is kind of poppy and accessible, but it's still got the great guitar. It's it's a perfect song, man. I love it. I've always loved that song, Misty Mountain Hop, and I think it's the best song on Led Zeppelin 4. an interesting point about it being a preview of what was to come because it, it kind of is because they definitely went more that direction after this record yeah um how do you pick going to california is the worst i mean it's a toss-up between that and battle of evermore why is going to california your number one best no no oh. it's not my, not, my, not my favorite but that I, wouldn't surprise not- me though no, it's not my worst, and I and Battle of Evermore would have been my worst, but uh, honestly, the uh, cover by Heart that Ann Wilson sings that changed it for me. It kind of yeah. made me appreciate it more. But man, this record, uh, and like you said, what you said about Stairway is well said because you have to kind of put out of your mind the millions of times you've heard it, and that it's become it's become a punchline. It literally is. That you know everyone's heard it so many times, but good lord, imagine hearing that song for the first time again. Right? It's it's completely epic and huge and grand, grandiose, and whatever adjective you want to apply to it. It's it's an amazing song. It's not my favorite though. Uh, for me, for worst, I'm going to pick Four Sticks. I don't like that song. I never have mm. liked that song. Um, I not that it's bad. It's just not for me. I skip it every time. Wow. Um, for me, the best, just because of the pure groove of it, here's another one where I'm going to pick the, the last song in the album to be my favorite. I'm going to pick When the Levee Breaks. Just, I love the groove on that song, and I know it's a, it's a ripoff of another of another old song because I know we're gonna have people in the comments section like, yeah, well they stole it from so and so. I get it, um, but I love the groove on that song, and to me, 
when I was getting high in college, it was a great song to listen to. So oh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that for my my favorite. That's that's a damn good pick. I could agree with that, no problem. Because that was I, it was tough to pick a best off of here. This one on the iPod, it's six out of eight. I can live without Battle of Evermore and also going to California. No aching in your heart. Mm-mm, not today. All right, so then that brings us up to what will be the final album of the best and worst of Led Zeppelin Part 1. And that is the album that came out on March 28th of 1973. Talking about Houses of the Holy. My dad didn't have this one, but my Uncle Bruce did. And I remember looking at the album cover, trying to understand what the hell was going on on it. Like, I, when I was little, and would look at this, I thought it was mermaids that were turning into real people as they climbed the rocks. Wow. I love, <laughs> I love Led Zeppelin album covers. Like, when you're a little kid and you're looking at this shit, you're just like blown away by the artwork and as you're being blown away by the music at the same time all right this one's not their best though mm-hmm. there's there's some some stuff on here i really don't really care for like this is the zeppelin that isn't as good it does have one of my very favorite songs that zeppelin ever did on it though and this one is pretty easy for me to pick the best okay and that song's the ocean Love that song. It's the heaviest thing on the album. It's the coolest thing on the album. Easily the best. Easily. For the worst, it's a little harder because there is some kind of questionable stuff on here. The Rain song, I don't care for at all. It's just too light. The Crunge is a weird song. There's some strange stuff. There's timing things in that song that make it feel like it's off. Yeah. No Quarter isn't really my favorite song on here either. I mean, it's just kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I think that was another one of the songs that kind of got brought back later on in the Page Plant thing. And I, it almost sounds better there. It just sounds flat to me on this album. And the other song I really don't like is, and I had to look at this because I've always pronounced it Dyer Maker. <laughs> you did? Yeah. <laughs> Jermaker. Because that's, yeah, Jamaica. And so I had no idea. You know, all them years, I had no idea. I just know it's Led Zeppelin doing reggae, and it kind of (laughs) sucks. It's not great. But you got to give it to Led Zeppelin. I mean, they're not afraid to go out there and try it. Like, heavy metal, we can do that. Country, we can do that. Synthesizer prog rock, no problem. Something to listen to while you're setting up your Dungeons and Dragons campaign. <laughs> got you covered. We got it all. So they're not afraid to go out on a limb and try things. I mean, yeah. it's you got to give them credit for that. Well, I don't know if they had balls or they were just really high. That could be, too. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure probably a little bit of both. Right. Uh, yeah, worst song on here, the rain song. Best song on here, oh. the ocean. Rain song. That song's amazing. I don't. It just don't. Man, it don't do it, it for me. There's like no chill out songs that you like from back in the day. I mean, I guess if I was in the mood for that sort of thing. You ever get so high that you can't get out of the couch? Those are the type of songs you need. That's why you're in the couch because you're listening to stuff like that. Play me the ocean, and I jump up. Yeah, but you don't want to be headbanging during that. I guess not, but. <laughs> I don't know, even as far as like, because I do like mellow music sometimes, but even as far as like mellow music that I like, I just, the rain song, there's, 
I don't know. There's something oh. about it I just don't like. Well, I'm going to agree with you on the best. I think The Ocean is by far the best song on this record. It's awesome. Another final track on the record that I think is the best song. Yeah. So three out of these five records, I'm picking the last song is the best song. Um, God, this, but this record I think is great overall. I don't think it's the weakest of these first ones that were released. I think the song remains the same. Great song to kick things off. It's good to hear them do something up tempo. Rain song, great chill out song. Over the hills and far away. When I learned how to play that on guitar, I thought I was Billy Badass, and I used to impress a lot of people, including girls, with that I could play that song. Um, Dancing Days. Did you ever hear Bobby Brown's song in the 80s or early 90s called Humpin' Around? Uh, no. <laughs> no. It was Can't a song called it. Ain't Nobody Humpin' Around. It was a big hit. He actually borrows from the riff on the, on Dancing Days. Really? Yep. But yeah, he totally ripped off Zeppelin for the the melody for his song "Humping Around." Um, Jermaker, I also called it Dire Maker when I was a kid. Yeah, but it's still cool to hear them try to do a, a a reggae song. That's another one I'll always skip though because I've heard it so many times. No quarter, I love just because it's so murky and weird sounding. But like I said, the ocean is my favorite. For um, my least favorite on here, I'm going to go with the crunch because no one needs to hear Led Zeppelin trying to do a funk song. No, yeah, it's there's something not right about it. It's a weird song. That's actually one of the few Zeppelin songs where I'm like, I absolutely do not like this song. But you got to figure, too, it's, it's 1973. The keyboards and synthesizer things are becoming a little more available. Yeah. And it's, it's always funny to look back at these times when this stuff is new technology and people are experimenting with it, sometimes to great success, sometimes to the crunge. Yeah. I mean, it was the shiny new toy at the time. Yeah. I don't know. As far as ranking these, I don't think House is the Holy is. I would say the best out of these would be Zeppelin 2. Yep. Then Zeppelin 1. Mm-hmm. Zeppelin 4. Yeah. 3 is definitely the worst album of, the all, of all of them. Yeah. Then, yeah, then House is the Holy. Then 3. Yeah, it's too bad. The power of the immigrant song might raise it up past "Houses of the Holy" for me, but maybe. But I think I think "Houses of the Holy" has more quality songs overall. Now, when we get to part two of this, that's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, part two is going to be really tricky because there's a change in Zeppelin at about this point. You kind of start to see it and hear it on "Houses of the Holy" a little bit, where. The keyboards become more prevalent, 
and not I don't know it's it's hard because Led Zeppelin is such a diverse band and they're doing so many different songs from one to the next that you can have an album where you say track one I love it track two I hate it track three I love it track four I hate it you know so going forward there's going to be a lot of that so again it'll be it'll be tricky to pick the best and the worst of the stuff that came out after 1973 so this one was a lot of fun today it's always good to go back and remember the legends and few are more legendary than Led Zeppelin so we're happy to be able to do this for you today maybe next week since shit you ain't letting us do Christmas in July I guess we'll come back and do the best and worst of Led Zeppelin part two throw a geek wire somewhere in the middle yeah all of this is brought to you by Pantheon Podcasts they're the place that you go to when you're looking to up your podcast music listening game you want to hear some great new music podcasts You don't need to go anywhere else but Pantheon because they've gathered all the best ones and put them all together for you. They do the work. They pick the best. You don't have to go through and try to figure out what's good and what sucks. You don't have to play the best and worst of rock podcasting. You can just go straight to the source like today. We told you the best songs on each album, the worst songs on each album. Pantheon has got all the best podcasts ready to go for you whenever you're ready. Go check them out. So, yeah, I guess no Kissmas in July, so we'll look forward to the next one is GeekWire, and then, I guess, Led Zeppelin Part 2. Yeah, and be sure to leave your comments of what you think are the best and worst songs of each of these records, because I'm sure some of you are going to highly disagree with us. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, because, again, when you got a band like Led Zeppelin where the songs are all so different from each other, all within the setting of one album... You know, songs speak to different people in different ways. So, yeah, we'd be very, very interested in seeing what you guys think are the best and the worst songs off of each one of these albums. Make sure you leave those in the comment section where we can see them because we love to see that stuff. That's what this is all about. It's it's us interacting with you and learning from each other and seeing what each other likes, you know. And then carry that conversation on over to the Decibel Geek community on Facebook. It's a group. You can join it. That's where all our coolest friends and fans and supporters are all hanging out, and they're doing one thing. They're talking about rock and metal music. The old stuff, the new stuff, and everything in between. You want to get in on that conversation? There's no place better to do it than on Facebook, the Decibel Geek community. While you're there, go to the Decibel Geek podcast page. Give us a like, if you would. It's a lot easier than leaving a review. (laughs) You like easy. You like easy. Give us a like anyway. We'll take that, too. I guess that's it for this week, and uh, we'll see you next time. See ya. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.